The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. We demand competition. This is the phenomenal one. AJ Styles, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And you're listening to Wrestling News Live. Howdy, folks. This is good old JR Jim Ross of the WWE. And you're listening to Wrestling News Live. It's showtime, folks! Police officer here? I told you you were too loud. Evidently, the cops are actually here. Here are your hosts, Trey, JSK, and Arnold. That was then. This is now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the two-time wrestling radio show of the year, Wrestling News Live, with the bad boys of wrestling radio, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. guys good evening welcome to another edition of wrestling news live right here on sundaynightshowdown.com and of course wrestlingnewslive.tk and of course i'm not alone ladies and gentlemen i'm being joined by the host of wrestling news live the trey dog who's actually joining me on the telephone tonight trey are you with me buddy yeah man i am in a little podunk town in southwest is it southwest? I believe it's, no, it's southeast, uh, Kansas. And uh, I've been here in this hotel room for a couple of days, going to head back to uh, beautiful Tulsa, Oklahoma tomorrow. But uh just got caught where I had to stay over one more day, and I've been worried all day about what we were going to do. And I've, I've tried several Internet connections, throughout the building and they're they're on wi-fi and uh, i even so much as called internet days this afternoon and said hey man listen to this and see how it sounds and it was one of those drive-through window bleep 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 bleep, bleep type things and so i said you know what as o'reilly would say fuck it we'll do it live and we'll do it with a cell phone how's that well hell yeah you can't beat the fact that i have unlimited long distance so uh i guess that's going to work out good for us huh I hope so. I hope so. If you lose me, then it's because my phone's a piece of shit, but we'll do the best we can. Uh, well, you know, with that said, going into tonight's shows, I mean, wow. what a, It's been a crazy week, first of all. Uh, of course, tonight we had a, a pre-taped impact. A lot of people right. knew the uh, knew what happened exactly You know, last week. And, of course, tonight on Raw, we had Stone Cold Steve Austin hosting Raw for the first time. First time he's actually been on Raw in a long time. 
what were your thoughts on that? Well, it's kind of funny, and you guys will probably, some people in the chat will think I'm lying through my teeth, but it's God's, God's honest truth, and I'll even back it up with proof. But um, I started out watching Impact, and when I went to uh, Raw, the very first time I went to Raw, um, Big Show was coming to the ring, and then it seemed like from that point on, Every time I went back and forth, you know, from one to the other, um, it, it seemed like I caught Raw at that fucking hot tub commercial. <laughs> so the hot tub movie, the hot tub time travel machine or whatever the hell it is. But uh, it seemed like every time I left Impact to go catch a glimpse of Raw, that's what I saw. So I didn't see a whole lot of Raw tonight. I read what people were saying in the chat room and would flip when I could. Um, but to me, from what I gather, a very uneventful Raw, um, Stone Cold really didn't do a whole lot. Kind of thought he'd get more involved in the Bret Hart thing. I thought he would at least put a stunner on McMahon. But from what I read in the chat room as well was going on and, and, and what I flipped over and saw, just another, you know, raw leading up to impact, kind of like tonight's impact was just another impact leading into a pay-per-view. You can almost tell that after they did everything they could do last week with impact to try to impress everybody and they got the rating that they got, it was almost like they came back this week and said, all right, well, we're just going to slow it down and go back to doing a normal pace. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. You know what? I would kind of agree with that. I didn't catch a lot of impact tonight. I was flipping back and forth. Uh, I was more interested, really, in, in what Raw had to offer, You know, seeing as that was the live show. Um, I, I will say this right off the bat. I was not happy with all of the uh, the WrestleMania Rewind matches that we saw tonight. Every match ended in some type of schmoz, whether it was a disqualification, a countout, you know, and every time somebody who uh, was scheduled to face the other guy at WrestleMania would come in and jump those guys, and to me, I mean, that's that's a bit much. I I, I expected a schmoz in at least one of them, but not every match on the card tonight. It was kind of shitty. Well, you know what? You're right. I mean, it seems like now that I think about it, looking back, every match did end up, you know, with some kind of run-in or WrestleMania stipulation. The one thing that disappointed me is from, you know, what I read in the chat room and what I watched, Stone Cold Steve Austin was, I thought he would be the guy that would turn the guest host role around and make it more like it was when it started, but he only made three appearances. Well, yeah. <laughs> three? Yeah, it was three appearances. He really didn't do anything to uh, to really enforce anything. I really expected to see... There was at one point when they got ready to do the WrestleMania Rewind match between John Cena and The Big Show, Cena's music hits, and Austin is standing in the ring. Cena slides into the ring, and at one point in time, Austin kind of gives the uh, you know, the little snaky Austin thing that he used to do where he's about to give somebody a stunner until Cena caught him, turned around, and they smiled at each other, and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin left the ring. I thought that could have been a good moment for both of those guys. They didn't utilize it. It just seemed to me that since 
WWE has done this whole PG rating that they really have, uh, with Stone Cold being PG, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and and tonight it was interesting because Batista got busted open on accident, you know, and they showed a little blood, and you could tell they weren't really, you know, wanting to do that. Well, that's funny. Yeah, you turn over to Impact, and, and you, the first thing you see is Ric Flair hitting himself upside the head so the guy can bleed gobs. I mean, did you see how oh, much... He oh, he, he, he didn't have to hit himself very hard. you got to remember, this is just a few hours off those wounds being fresh. Well, that's an old wrestler's trick, though, too. You uh, you hit those wounds and make them bleed again. And, and I mean, Rick was just bleeding all over the damn place, like the proverbial oh, yeah. stuffed pig. I know it was uh, it was quite crazy. It, what the hell's up with Jeff Hardy? I mean, seriously, this is the same look we saw in the WWE. Does he not have any originality? I mean, would it have been nice to see Jeff Hardy come out without the face paint? Well, what I thought was funny was that they all rode up like they just got back from going out to have dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Which the four of them when they got to Impact, Hogan with a best drive in the Hummer, and did Jeff just run around all day with his face painted? <laughs> I, I think he does. Maybe he just doesn't take a shower. Well, that's true. I mean, that's you know, too. it could go either way in this case. Uh, like I said, I did not catch a lot of impact. Um, I did, however, catch the... Well, that will make us a good pair because I caught very little raw and mostly impact. Well, see, I like that. I like that we can differentiate between the two. It's funny, I had a lot of production stuff to uh, to get on uh, tonight because I, I got home very late and didn't have a lot of time to put stuff together and... Thank God I finally got access to the stream ten minutes before the show started. Yeah. You know, that's... that's yeah, you know what? It's It happens here, we do it live. It's just the way it goes. Roll it with the punches, my friend. Roll it with the punches. I'm just looking. I, actually, I'm getting a private message from the shark in the chat room. Uh, somebody tell the shark out there to try Winamp or try to refresh his player on Media Player because we are broadcasting. I got a message from the one only Tim Stein that said, your stream is buffering because your encoder settings on the shoutcast source are way too high. That is a possibility. I just know that's what I was told to broadcast that. I could I could lower it a little bit, but uh, if it's if it's causing people to uh, to buffer, maybe that's what I'll do. Well, if you're having problems with the stream, let us know in the chat room. Easiest way to do it. You know why? Because we do it live! That's right. We do it live. But like I said, man, as far as Austin hosting Raw tonight, I was disappointed. I expected a lot more. I thought the opening with Austin was fine. But it just it went downhill from there. To have Stone Cold on this show and not use him, to me, is, is ridiculous. And they really didn't even have him plug his movie. I mean, they showed a couple of packages here and there. Which they would have done anyway, whether he was the guest host or not. Well, exactly. So, I don't know. It just it kind of bothered the me. Only thing, the only thing I hated 
about the opening promo was now you can get this damn Watt chance again. You know, even when he's not there. People are going to be going, what? 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 Shut up. I hate that chant. Yeah, you and me. Both. You know what? And that's that's the thing. Even if he's not there, people do it. But when you look at it, I mean, obviously that's the thing that Austin started. And, you know, back in 2001, when that whole thing broke, that's the worst thing Austin ever did uh, for wrestling. Because now we get it every week. doesn't matter if Austin's there or not. It's always that way. So just yeah, make... I have one weird thing. They mentioned it in the chat room as we speak. He didn't even come out. Usually they, they capitalize on every Stone Cold appearance. And they usually put some kind of new Stone Cold shirt together, but they didn't this time, and he didn't even wear an old one. Well, but, you know, in the past, when he comes back, it's usually for something. Uh, you know, now it's, I don't know. What the hell is going on? People are telling me that the sound is way the fuck off on this thing tonight. Jesus Christ. If you stop your player and start it again, you should be okay. That's right. Words to live by. Stop the player. Start it over. Refresh your page if you have to. Now, as far as... I don't know. It may, be, it may be at the rate we're broadcasting, dude. I'm not sitting there with you, so I don't know. It could be. I have no idea. I just I know I've got it to the settings I'm supposed to have it on, so I have no idea why we'd be having problems. No idea. I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, in the middle of nowhere. Oh, well. It happens, man. It definitely happens. Yeah. Dave says we're fine. So we must be broadcasting fine. Some people are saying it's okay. It's Mace. He just signed into the chat room. It's got to be what it is. It's Mace's problem. Yeah, Mace is here. It's all time for everybody to go. That's right, Mace. Don't call in the show, Mace. Come on. Oh, but you know, as far as these WrestleMania Rewind uh, matches that they had tonight, I was really looking forward to uh, to Jericho and, and Shawn Michaels. See, I, I really wasn't looking forward to this Raw at all. I was like, it was one of those, eh, been there, done that, seen it, you know. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. If it were all, and, and I, and I want to say this, too. I... As a wrestling fan, to be honest with you, as a wrestling fan, I'm not real big on this Monday night head-to-head thing like I thought I would be. And the reason is, you say, oh, well, you just tee go one, you watch one, you watch the other. I can't. got to do this show. So I don't know what happens on both of them. <laughs> so I feel like as a wrestling fan, I'm missing a lot. Or I'm not able to enjoy it to its you know fullest. You know what? I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed it a lot better when I had you know separation between the two programs. I think we're just going to have to set it up to where you watch one and I watch the other, and we'll just cover it that way. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think that's probably going to work the best because you know last week I was in the same boat as you. I was watching both shows pretty much nonstop, uh, flipping yeah. back and forth, and that's just it's just too much work. You know, I'm going to obviously PVR one and, and watch the other. Um, I do like watching Impact when it's live. Because there's a different feel to it. I mean, obviously the spoilers aren't out there. They're watching Raw. They're trying to compete with the product. And when it's taped, it's obviously not that way. I mean, going into well, it's tonight. it's funny because 
you know, you can say that, that Raw is not trying to compete with TNA and they care less about TNA. Well, this week, it was awfully funny that almost every time TNA went to commercial, WWE followed. That's because there true. was a lot of times that I would go from TNA commercial to WWE programming and hear them go, so-and-so's down, who's going to win the fight? We'll find out next. And it was that goddamn hot tub commercial. And so I flipped back to Impact going, all right, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that the pacing of the commercials going back and forth, that was uh that was pretty bad. But, you know, smart and on I, their I, part. And I couldn't believe what I read in the chat room. You got Hardy versus AJ Styles in the main event and more people seem to be watching the Bret Hart Vince McMahon segment on Raw. Well, I'm in that same boat. I mean, honestly, I wanted to see AJ and Jeff Hardy, but again, I kind of figured it was going to end in some type of schmoz. And the whole Bret Hart, Vince McMahon thing is coming to a head. I figured Stone Cold would interject himself in some way. And to me, that just seemed more appealing uh, from that standpoint. But then again, Stone Cold didn't do shit. He didn't. It was very, very depressing. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to tell you. I'll let Bret tell you. That was about it. Yeah. That and sit down or I'll knock you down. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but he didn't interject himself to be the special guest referee at Mania or anything, correct? Nothing. What a build-up. Nothing. He didn't do shit. But wow. say, sit down and I'll knock you down. He inducted Stu Hart into the Hall of Fame, which we all kind of thought was going to happen. And then he told Vince to sit down or he's going to knock him down. And then he hoped Brett beat his ass like he deserved. And then he walked up the ramp and he said, do you want to see Vince and Brett get it on at Mania? Give me a hell yeah. And then he walked up the ramp and said, oh, by the way, I'll never mind. I'll let Brett tell you. Yeah, just not very good use of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, some people in the chat were like, wow, he's getting old. He's... You know, getting smaller. Well, I mean, when you retire from professional wrestling and you actually retire and you go to Hollywood to become a movie star, you don't have to stay built like a wrestler. No, look at Dwayne Johnson. You know, I mean, he's leaned up a bunch himself. I mean, shit, Dwayne Johnson, at the height of his career, weighed about 275 pounds of just, you know, fucking shit brick house muscle. Right yeah. now, he probably weighs, what, 215, 220? Yeah. Looks nothing like The Rock. And I, I thought Austin looked pretty good myself. I mean, he's in great shape. Great. Yeah, he, he's not overroided up because he doesn't have to be. Well, I wish I looked that good now. <laughs> don't we all, buddy? So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't understand all the, uh, you know, all the mainstream publicity as far as well. When I say mainstream publicity, I'm talking about the wrestling fans that like to, to turn on people when they when they go and make something out of themselves, like The Rock. I mean, everybody hates The Rock because he walked away from professional wrestling. Well, shit, if you're making $5 million to do a, a motion picture, are you going to stay with a company where you're working 300 days a year, and you're probably not going to make $5 million in a year, unless you are The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin? Why mess your body up for that when you can when you can make the same money doing minimal stuff and having much more fun? 
Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Real Blackheart does bring up a good point in the chat room about Austin interjecting himself in the Bret Hart, Vince McMahon segment. It wasn't about Austin. It was about Bret Hart and, Stone, and about Bret Hart and Vince. And he's right. He is, but I think a lot of people expected to see him in this, seeing as how this is two of his greatest rivals. I just thought having him as the special referee might have been an interesting way to go because in the end, he could have helped Bret Hart screw Vince McMahon over. But I agree, it is about Vince and Bret. He probably would have gotten in the way, but it still would have been nice to have utilized Stone Cold Steve Austin at some stage of the game going into this WrestleMania. I the best thing in that whole segment was Brett with the cast up on the table explaining, you know, I can go into this and explain to you how he pulled this off, but I'll just leave it at this. It's good to know that John Cena knows some people in the stunt business. I you know, which was a well-explained tie-in to Cena being there and his Hollywood experience and, you know, the, the way they were able to pull it off. I mean, we all saw Brett taking the cast off a mile away. I expected him to do it last week, but then again, that was the build-up for this week, so it makes sense. Well, that I mean, that's true. I, I think we all kind of figured that was the way, you know, that was going to come down. I mean, <laughs> it was so staged to begin with. You could sit there and look at the stuff they were doing with his leg and tell that he obviously wasn't wearing a real cast. You know, even oh, yeah. Harmony pointed that out to me tonight. Well, he has no bottom to the cast because obviously that's a new cast this week. And I'm like, well, yeah. Well, and, and then Jay, and then not Jr. But uh, the King tried to cover for Brett and say, "Oh, look, he's going to do walking boot." That's not a walking boot. He was just putting pressure on it because it wasn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and really, the funny thing about this whole situation is, and I know we've said this before, they are in a holding pattern right now. The WWE is; they're just waiting till WrestleMania because this oh. is this is the end of their year. All the storylines come to a head. It's the end of everything that they've had going for the last year. And after WrestleMania, the night after, starts a whole new year for them. And a whole new slate. And a whole bunch of things. And, it, and, and, and I think I know where you might be going with this. But by the same token, it could be a very interesting beginning of the year. Because you know Sean and Taker are going to take time off. You know it. That's going to happen. They're going to be gone, if not one of them forever, both of them for a while. So at least SummerSlam, Survivor Series, something. Um, they're going to be gone. Um, but you've also got Triple H wanting to take time off because he's banged up. Don't forget, just a few months ago, when Batista initially beat Cena down after the match, it was so that Cena could take some time off for injuries they thought he had. But even though the, the doctors say he's okay to wrestle, he's still banged up. So you could possibly have the beginning of the year without Cena, without Triple H, without Taker, and without Sean. They teased it at the end of the Triple H beatdown from Sheamus tonight during the Randy Orton-Triple H thing with Legacy standing over Orton and uh, Sheamus standing over Triple H. They said it could be a changing of the guard. Oh, I think there's going to be a major changing of the guard. I mean, one of the rumors that I kind of wanted to get your take on uh, is the fact that, I mean, there are real heavy rumors going around that Shawn Michaels is going to retire after WrestleMania. I said it, I, I said it six months ago at least. 
six months ago, even maybe even longer, that they would have the rematch between Sean and Taker. And the sad thing is, I thought that Sean would end up being Taker's bitch again because it didn't make sense for him to be the one that beats the streak. Although, what's really funny to me is that you go back in the annals of WWE history, and Sean has really never had a problem beating The Undertaker, except at WrestleMania. No, nobody beats Taker at WrestleMania. That's the whole point. Right. But no, Sean has owned Undertaker every time they've ever wrestled a match, whether it was uh, through outside interference, whether it was Kane or DX or whatever. He's always had The Undertaker's number, except for WrestleMania. I just I, I, I said it way back when I originally said it. I said, I'm afraid what's going to happen is, I even said it last year at Mania. I got an argument with the guy who I was hosting with then. And I said, look, the problem I have with all this, because they were giving me shit because I was upset at the results, well, I have the right to still be a fan, even though I host a show. I have the right to still be a fan of individual wrestling personalities. Sean happens to be one of my top two guys in that company. So, yeah, I was upset that he didn't win. That's the fan in me. But the host in me knows that they're going to do it again. And I said it then, last year. I said, they'll do this thing again. They'll have a rematch. And the sad thing is, Sean won't go over. I said, it's not like, you know, they had a deal worked out. Okay, I'll let you win this year if you let me win to be the one that ends the streak next year before you retire. There's no way they had that meeting, and there's no way they did that. Well, and what that ends up meaning, that what ends up happening is that two years in a row, when a guy that, you know, has had everything in his career that you want to see ride out of the white horse in the, you know, with, 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 you know, victory in hand, you know, right off into the sunset, you don't. You get to see him lose back to back WrestleManias. Well, but what you have to look at, too, though. Uh, as far as a guy that, that should be the one to end the Undertaker streak, it's not Shawn Michaels. I mean, again, this is a guy that, you know, he's ready to retire just as much as the Undertaker. And if you're going to have anybody beat the Undertaker, which I hope that never happens because I think the streak should remain intact, he should never lose his streak at WrestleMania. But it's definitely not a guy like Shawn Michaels. It needs to be a guy like Sheamus or, hell, even John Cena could get a huge push off beating The Undertaker. Not that I condone that kind of thing, obviously not a Cena fan, but I, I just don't see Shawn Michaels in any, any storyline, any context, being the guy to ever beat The Undertaker. I think that after Mania, they're both going to be gone. Shawn will have lost the match. He will retire. And, you know, maybe it's a good time for Shawn to retire. I admit, I'm going to miss him uh, on Raw. I'm going to miss him in matches whether it's the pay-per-views, whether he goes over to SmackDown and does anything, I'm going to miss that because I, too, am a Shawn Michaels fan and have been since day one. The problem is he's got a 10-year-old, he's got a 5-year-old at home. I think it's time he spends that time with his family because right now they totally need him. Well, I mean, I put myself in that position that he's in working away from home, and I've done it for 10 years now, and there's not a day goes by that I don't look for a job in my career field back in Oklahoma. You know, and that's part of the reason why I'm going there tomorrow is to talk to some people about some work. 
you know. Um, I totally understand why Sean feels the need to be at home. He's earned it. He deserves it. And like you, I will miss his time in the ring. As far as the Undertaker streak goes, let's be honest. All right, this is going to be 18 in a row now? Yeah, I think it's 18. This will be 18 in a row. Does the WWE see itself around 18 years from now? Do they consider themselves still to be, you know, a viable wrestling commodity in 18 years from today to date? They, well, they, they might. If they do, then they need to jump on it next year and have an up-and-comer, somebody who's not even on our radar right now, unless it's a Cena or Jericho or Randy Orton, beat that streak, you know, or start, you know, they need to have an up-and-comer start one of his own. I actually think it would be better if they had an up-and-comer start their own, but... I mean, when you look at the gimmick of The Undertaker and everything that he's gone through uh, in his illustrious career, I don't think you could actually build another streak and have it be successful. I don't think, from this point on, that they could they could legitimately do that with anybody else. Well, The Undertaker is the kind of character that if you wanted to get real creative storyline-wise, he's the kind of guy that, you know, some young superstar... I mean, it would be a little far-fetched, and it would take real creative writing to pull off. But, I mean, we're supposed to suspect him as being a dead man anyway. You know, he's a, this is the kind of character, though, that, you know, let's say he beats Sean this year. Let's say he takes off next month, two months, to heal up. Let's say that you start seeing Undertaker-like promos on the Titan Tron between matches, like the the whole Y2J return, you know, the countdowns and shit. Right. He's the kind of guy who's been around long enough, age-wise, and he's the kind of character to where some young 18, 19, 20-year-old kid could come in and be the offspring of The Undertaker. That could be interesting. You know, put him in a similar, put him in a similar look, um, you know, maybe give him this real goth look, but more 2008 than anything Undertaker's been wearing, and have him do the same promos, mimic the same wrestling style, and have him be the offspring, the son of The Undertaker. You know, come up with some biblical name. Like Mordecai? You, you <laughs> call him Abel. You know, you got Cain, you don't have Abel. That's true. You know, and, you know, you can involve Cain in the storyline. He beats on Cain until he gets his dad to come back and face him for the passing of the torch. And he, and he beats his dad at WrestleMania and starts his own legacy. You know, I'm not talking about mini-taker or mini-me. I'm talking something that, you know, would be a spawn of the Undertaker. He's been around long enough. It's You know, you could do it easily if done right. But it's one of those sink or swim deals where if you fuck this up, you have fucked it up. There is no recovery. It has to be done right from day one. You know what I mean? There is no room for error. If you mess up, 
and you screw this up to where the fans aren't 100% behind it, then you've lost them. I would agree with that statement. The only thing is, I in 2010, I don't see a reborn Undertaker Jr. or uh, anything remotely to that level even feasible or remotely believable. For the time that The Undertaker uh, was was debuted in the, the early 90s, it was a very gimmicky world of, of the WWF. I mean, obviously. There was, there was all kinds of gimmicks. And I really don't think if you had given The Undertaker gimmick to anybody else in professional wrestling that they would have done the things that he has done or made that character over. And I think that in 2010, I just don't think there's anybody out there that has the the charisma, uh, the psychology, or even the moveset or the mindset to really carry that gimmick in this day and age. I don't. I, I just don't see it. Well, that's why I'm saying you don't necessarily make him like The Undertaker. You just give him Undertaker characteristics. Make him a dark person. Make him, you know, a loner. Make him, you know, this emo fucking, you know, 2008, 2010 emo, you know, taker sort of wannabe. But you do it the right way and it could work. But then again, like I said, if you fail in the slightest, it would be a, a train wreck. Well, and, and I think they would initially fail. I don't. I just. I don't think there's any way around that. Uh, you know, you look at the streak that he's had going on. This will be obviously his 18th win when he does beat Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. I mean, how far do they want to go with this? Do they want to? Do they want him to stay around for 20 years? I mean, you look at the Undertaker, and it pains me to watch the guy wrestle. I mean, he he does the best he can. Granted, with what you know he's able to do. But he's obviously in a lot of pain. He's having movement problems. I mean, hell, they burned his ass at the last pay-per-view. I mean, you know, time is not doing well for The Undertaker. He's had hip replacements. I mean, it's this is not... He served his purpose. He, he, you know, he's, he's done what he was supposed to do, and now it's time to ride off into the sunset and become a backstage agent. Agreed. I could not agree more with yeah. that statement. I mean, that's just the way it needs to be done. And people in the chat remember going, oh, God, not emo. I, I don't necessarily mean emo. I just mean dark and alone and to, to themselves, kind of the crowish without the facial paint. You know, just dark. No, I, I see where you're going with it. I just, I don't know. In, in this day and age, I don't really think that that's going to go over too well. Um, I don't, Like I said, I don't know what they have planned for The Undertaker. I personally hope that nobody ever beats The Undertaker and the streak stays undefeated. I mean, honestly. I But I think that... And it's like I said, it's like I said in, the, in the chat room during one of the other shows where this became a topic. You know, you've got to treat The Undertaker's streak like a you know NFL player or a, an MLB player's contract. And what I mean by that is you know, take a guy like Amari Stoudemire. You know, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year, which means he has the right to go sign with any team he wants to, and the Suns will get nothing from that. 
because they they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Now, had they traded him at the last of his of his contract, they would have gotten something for him as opposed to just letting him ride off whatever team he wants, taking his legacy with him. So just like the streak, if you were going to do something with that streak, which is as much a title as any title on the show, if you were going to do something with that streak and use it to help rub a young superstar or push somebody into the spotlight, the time to do it is now. Because if Undertaker retires with that streak in hand, then the WWE will have done, they will have gained nothing from building that up. You see what I'm saying? I do. I, I do see what you're saying, but I, I kind of, I'm still sticking with what I'm saying. I think that if you take the Undertaker streak away, then he has no legacy to really base anything on. That's the whole point of the Undertaker. He has a right. legacy at WrestleMania. He's never been beaten there. I mean, you look at the Undertaker's career. Doesn't matter if it's the Rumble. Doesn't matter if it's Survivor Series. Doesn't matter what pay per view it is. He gets fucked over more times than not at every pay per view show. But the one show a year, the biggest event, the granddaddy of them all, he is undefeated. He is the man. Right. And I, I just I don't see them taking that from him. And at this point, I would agree with you that I think it would be wrong to take from him. I think at this point, we're talking 18-0, and 0, that it'd be different if The Undertaker was really a full-time wrestler, but let's face it, you know, what I couldn't get my other co-host in the day to realize is every time he wins that belt or loses that belt, he takes time off. After every mania, he takes time off. And they find a way to work it in the storyline. You know, be honest with yourself, Undertaker fans. In the last five years, how much has he really been around? We're thankful for every minute that he has. But let's seriously think about how long he's really been around. That's what makes this, this streak his legacy, which is what J.J.'s saying. He should retire with this as his legacy. Because really, right now, other than a lengthy career of being one of the more popular wrestlers in the company, that's all he has to hang his hat on other than a few title rings. And it's the biggest thing. So why not let him have that as he retires and make it a streak that nobody will ever beat again? Well, you know, I think they wanted to have him go 20, you know, like 20 years undefeated here. But if you look at the past WrestleManias, he's missed a few. And yeah. had, had he not missed those WrestleManias, he'd be sitting at 20-0 and 0 right now. But right. I, I just don't think he can continue on. I think that this has either got to be his last one or next year's got to be the final WrestleMania for The Undertaker. It's And that's what's so good about shows like this. You have the, you have the right to disagree with myself and J.J. J.J. and I somewhat disagree on this as it is now. Some of you in the chat room are saying you think that this is a torch that should be passed to another wrestler. Some of you in the chat room think this is something the Undertaker should retire with. And that's what's so great about what we do. You don't have any idea what's going to happen. But I will, I will bet you this, right now, if, if it doesn't happen this, this year, then it's not going to happen and he retires with the streak. No, I would agree with that. There was also a report coming in that I read... Uh, 
just a couple of days ago saying that uh, Sheamus and HBK actually had a backstage uh, discussion about things. Sean told Sheamus that he was going to be taking time off after WrestleMania and that it was his time to step things up. Well, the problem with that is, you know, I don't see any problem with him as a bad guy being one of the top bad guys. The problem is we need somebody to step up that's going to be a vocal mouthpiece, somebody that's going to be a baby face on the mic that can step up and control a show. And Sheamus isn't that guy. He's not that guy now, and he's not going to ever be that guy because he is a heel. He is a bad guy. He is, you know, he is what he is. He's a bruiser. He comes in and talks with his fist and his feet. You know, he'll cut a promo once in a while, but that's not what he's there to do. That's not his goal. You're right. You know, they need somebody. They need somebody to step up and be a seed. They need Edge to step up and, and be that guy, probably. You know what? I, I'll tell you who's going to be that guy. They've got the seed set in motion for this perfectly at WrestleMania. That guy is Randy Orton. It could be. Oh, it's going to be. I mean, he's going on a face push. I mean, it the fans be, yeah. the fans love him. He's great on the microphone. Granted, I'd rather see Randy as a heel, but the fans have taken to him a lot like uh, they did Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the Attitude Era. So I right. think that you're going to see a, a, a big-time transformation after WrestleMania. I mean, you look back at WrestleMania 13, you know, Stone Cold brought that up tonight. That, that was probably one of... Uh, the best matches he ever had in the business. And Bret Hart really defined, you know, things with him. And that match turned Bret Hart heel and Stone Cold Steve Austin face all at the same time. I think you're going to see something. Is that the one where Stone Cold wouldn't give up and he passed out in the sharpshooter? Exactly. And then Ken Shamrock was throwing Bret Hart off of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was really the match that, that turned the tide for Stone Cold Steve Austin going from heel to face. I think we're going to see something similar to that with Randy Orton. It's obviously now a triple threat match with uh, the other two members of Legacy, you know, DiBiase and, and, and Rhodes. So I think we're going to see a big-time Austin babyface turn for Randy Orton in two weeks. We shall see. I, I, I think it's like... I would say it's like turning your best offensive player in hockey to a defensive man and, and, and taking him away from his strengths. But I don't work for the company, so we'll see how it goes. But he is the best heel in the business when he wants to be and when they want him to be. He has definitely earned that title over the last year, he and Jericho combined. Um, I will agree with you on that. I actually want to say something that is going to piss off the entire internet wrestling community going to piss off all of our chatters <laughs> to make them think going to make them think I've lost my mind. But we'll do that after a break. What do you say? I like that. I, I want to come back to a holy shit moment by the Trey Dog. I like something it. I saw. Something I saw that I have got to admit I have not seen SmackDown in a long time. And I watched it not once, but I watched it twice this Friday. Hmm. So I'll tell you something that you never thought you'd hear come out of my mouth coming up after the break. Sounds good. With that being said, guys, we'll be right back. 
with more Wrestling News Live. Hey, this is Josh Piedra. You are listening to Wrestling News Live. The past, the present, and the future collide when the young guns of TNA Wrestling take center stage in an all-exhibition pay-per-view. Taking danger to another level. Plus, it's the return of the Ultimate X. TNA Wrestling's high-flying, death-defying free-for-all. Who will come out on top? TNA Wrestling presents Destination X. Live Sunday, March 21st, only on pay-per-view. WWE meets Reality TV. The next evolution, evolution of the WWE. Eight NXT rookies join eight WWE pros in an all-out quest to realize their dream. WWE NXT, 10, 9 Central on Sci-Fi. Hello, Wrestling News Live fans. This is Rick from CartageCrew.net, your People's Choice Show of the Year. I'm encouraging you to come listen to us this Tuesday, 8 p.m. on CartageCrew.net and debuting on SundayNightShowdown.com. And as always, at www.CartageCrew.net. And welcome back to the Trade Dog and JJ, bringing back Wrestling News Live for free on the Sunday Night Showdown Radio Network. items and much more shop tna.com your one-stop shop for everything tna wrestling 
Go to SockTNA.com now for the latest deals. Every year, it's the most spectacular event in live entertainment. It's passion, power, glamour, and grandeur. It's the trial of wills, the triumph of spirit. It's WrestleMania, live on pay-per-view. One, two, this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy hit me with that triple H. This is Flair 16 Time. Welcome back to Wrestling News Live with your host, JJ Sexy and the Trade Dog. All right, guys, we're back right here, Wrestling News Live, and the Trey Dog has a bomb that he wants to drop on the Internet wrestling community. Can you believe it? Anything can happen right here on WNL. Trey Dog, what do you want to tell these people that's just so big, so massive, that they're going to shit themselves and send you hate mail? Well, first off, I was going to make this big, this big announcement of something that I saw over the weekend, but... I just saw a commercial for Girls Gone Wild, the 50 best breasts, and I think I'm going to have to whip out the dog's card and be buying me some DVDs online. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's the bomb, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. All right. Now, I saw this show not once, but twice this week to make sure that I wasn't crazy. And I know that you people have been shitting on this guy since day one. And I saw him for the first time on his show, not at a pay-per-view, but on his show, and I'm a big fan. From his entrance to his in-ring work to his accent and his character, my new SmackDown favorite, Drew McIntyre. What? Oh, it's true. What the true. fuck are you telling me? Drew McIntyre, the guy that everybody yeah. seems to hate? If you put aside all the bullshit and you close your mind of all of the crap that you read about this guy, his intro is perfect. It's different than anybody else's. He stands out. The guy has great wrestling moves. And it's his pompous, arrogant attitude that makes him what he is. That's why people hate him, is because he's doing his job of making you hate him. I'll have to... I think, I think the guy is great at what he does. I really do. And I know that everybody listening to the show is going to think I'm an idiot. But like I say about everything, give him time. Give it some time and see what happens. That is a good point. You should give it time. I mean, he's only been around for, what, a couple months now? And granted, I've, I'm still trying. I, I didn't see all the SmackDown this week, so maybe I should go back and watch my PVR copy and, and find out. But I'm going to say this now. I've just not been impressed with Drew McIntyre. I, I, I love his DDT, don't get me wrong. Uh, 
and I like the fact that he's Scottish. It's a unique gimmick. I mean, if you look at the gimmicks in the WWE right now, we have a former Irish champion in Sheamus. People don't like him. I happen to like Sheamus. I think for what I think for what Sheamus brings to the table, I think he's a damn good heel. He's been a cowardly heel, and he's won by DQs, and he's done everything that a heel needs to do. And then you've got Drew McIntyre, who is considered the chosen w, one. I don't want to cut you off, JJ, but W and L for life just nailed it in the chat room. Yeah, I was getting to that, actually. He's been referred to as the chosen one, and he does remind me a lot of Triple H circa 1995. And I think but that's... He, but even better. I mean, he pulls it off without the frilly shit. He pulls it off as a man's man, but I'm still better than you. No, he does. I, I will agree with that. Yeah. He does pull it off. I just think that, you know, he's one of these guys, again, and a lot of people give me flack over Sheamus, that they're pushing that aren't ready for that uh, for that next level yet. They're still, you know, breaking into this business and still developing a character. But... I will say this. I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm just not a big fan of Drew right now. Give him some time. Do I think he should be Intercontinental Champion? No. But, not to contradict myself, I think he's the kind of guy you leave that belt on to overtake Honky Tonk Man's record. And you just drive it home with him. This is my belt. I'm the Intercontinental Champion. I'm the next best thing to your world champion. I'm better than you. And there's nothing you can do but like it. And when it comes to your real life, I'm fucking Tiffany. <laughs> Is that... How do you like me now? now? Now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. That just opened up a whole new can of worms. Is it really that you think he's great in the ring and you like his gimmick... Or really, Trey Dog, and be honest here, is it because he's Pork and Tiffany? No, I, I, I like I like the, the rest. I like the gimmick. I like the whole package. I, and it has nothing to do with him doing Tiffany, although that you know just puts him in a very, very you know awesome position. Well, Mace but says. I mean, Mace, I, I just I look at SmackDown. There's a lot of things I would do differently with the guy. I would tease him. I would tease him. As, it's, 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 man, it's a fine line. It's such a fine line. And I don't want you guys to think I'm absolutely batshit fucking crazy. But I would tease him borderline babyface, but definite heel. Do you know what I'm trying to say? No, I got what you're trying to say, but Mason in the chat room says that he thinks that Triple H might have given you some Kool-Aid! Just saying. Tell Mace, when he gets to where he's spending less than nineteen ninety nine a second for his fucking internet connection, he can talk to me. <laughs> I think you just told him, so it worked out for you. I think Drew is the kind of guy that you, you you set him up in a position to do the right thing and to help the baby, and then boom, he just turns his back. And then you get a you get a microphone in front of him. Why Drew? Why? Why? What did I have to gain out of helping him? I'm here for me. I'm here for myself. 
I'm here for this intercontinental title. And unless it has anything to do with me, myself, or this belt, I don't have time for you. I don't have time for this interview. And walk off. It's my intercontinental title. It's mine. It's not yours. She didn't work for it, but I did. And there's nothing you I mean, can do to take just, it from me. I just think that there's potential there. I, I, I see potential in that guy and that character. Does he need a does he need a little bit of a wardrobe change? Yeah. I'd go for a wardrobe change. You know, if Tiffany wants to continue wrestling, I'd go for a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> I would agree with that actually. I'm hundred percent behind you on that one. No, Goosey, we don't need McIntyre wearing a goddamn kilt. Now we've already seen not John Morrison. Scottish, not every Scottish person wakes up and, wake, and puts on a kilt. Uh, we've already seen John Morrison with you know the the half face painted and, and the kilt. We don't need to see Drew McIntyre that way. I just think, and, I, and, I, and I've, I've, this is, it's been my slogan for the last six months when it comes to wrestling: chill out, give it a chance, let's see where they go before we shit all over it. And I just kept, I've never really paid much attention to the guy in the past. And everybody has continuously shit on this guy. And so when I saw him on SmackDown, I said, I'm going to make it a point to watch this guy, give him my undivided attention, and come up with legitimate thought of my own on this guy. And there it is. It's a good thought. Like I said, I think Drew's got potential. I just haven't seen all the hoopla that they have been saying about Drew, that he's the chosen one, that he's going to be the next big star, that McMahon has handpicked him to be the world champion. I just don't think he's to that point yet. Do I think he can get there? Yeah, I think he can. But I don't think he's there yet. Now, changing topics for just a second, uh, a lot of people are talking about Piper. I don't know if you knew this or not, but I actually caught Cold Case last night. Have you ever seen that show? They actually had Roddy Piper on an episode of Cold Case last night. Brand new episode. And it basically dealt with this guy that was a dock worker that broke into professional wrestling on the indie scene. And uh, became the champ and then he ended up getting killed. And Roddy Piper was one of the suspects in the murder. And of course, you know, they flash back to when he was younger. Now, when the Roddy Piper character was younger, he was basically Ric Flair. He had the flashy robes. He was cutting the flare promos, but when you went to the old him, it was Roddy Piper, and to me, that was just, the, you know, he couldn't have been, like, his own character. He had to be a Ric Flair ripoff, which I thought was hilarious, and I thought I just had to bring that up and see what you thought of that. Might have been a slap in the face or a praise to, to Rick. Well, either way you look at it, I mean, it, it could be a uh, a big praise to Rick. I mean, a lot of people have said a lot of positive things about Ric Flair over their careers, that he helped build them and that he was one of the most flamboyant and best in the ring. And so maybe that's what they were doing. I just I just found it funny that Rowdy Roddy Piper was mimicking Ric Flair. Well, it could have been, he could have come out wearing red and yellow last night. Who knows? He just chose Rick. Well, it would have been funny if he would have been the Hulkster. But uh, overall, it wasn't a bad episode. So if you can catch it on the replay, definitely check out Cold Case. Good show. So now that I've pissed everybody off, I guess we should take some phone calls and let everybody have their shots at me. I guess we could do that, if you want to do that. I, I'll go ahead and open the phone line. So if you guys want to call in, 
just add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype, or you can give us a call at 501-588-7957. Remember, long-distance charges may apply. So use a cell phone where you have three nights a weekend. That's right. Then you're good. Well, you know, like Ric Flair, I've been around the block. A couple times, right? A couple times. I got an interesting uh, message on the message board I wanted to talk about. Somebody said, I can't remember who it was now, damn it. Uh, one of our listeners said something along the lines of, you know, I had mentioned Wrestling News Live 2.0. They said, well, shouldn't this be like 4 or 5.0? Just because of all the different places the show has been live. And I said, well, that doesn't have anything to do with it. It's the uh, cast that's different this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that is true. It's not the same people. That's what makes it different. Now, once again, guys, if you want to call in, it's 501-588-7957. Yeah. Apparently I said that wrong in the chat a few minutes ago or something. I don't know. I'm getting 508 I don't know where the, where the shit that's coming from, but whatever. Just add something nice show down to your Skype. I'm not crazy. So you ended up watching the RVD movie this weekend? I did. You know, after you posted the little uh, blurb on your website, I had to go and check it out. Uh, Harmony and I picked that up last week. Watched it on, I believe, uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Because last week was a bad week for me, obviously. I was sick all damn week. Um, so I literally laid in bed and watch The Wrong Side of Town with uh, the guy that got top billing, David Batista, who really spends maybe seven, eight, maybe ten minutes in this movie. Uh, but he gets the top billing. Of course, Rob Van Dam was in it. Uh, seems like there were some other actors that I'd seen in other things, but for the most part, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I didn't think it was a great movie, but... Rob Van Dam's acting is a lot to be desired. He definitely needs to take some acting classes. I thought he got better as the movie went along. In a sense, he kind of did. When he got to the point where he was doing more fighting and less talking, he got he got better. Well, I mean, the fight scenes were good. Don't get me wrong. I had no problem right. with the fight scenes. Uh... I just really felt... I mean, obviously it was a B-movie. I just kind of felt like the story was extremely hokey. It was kind of stupid storyline-wise. I mean, I, I don't know if I should, like, just, you know, ruin spoilers here, but you have a guy that, uh, you know, gets killed that's this guy's brother, only to, to later find out that he's not his brother at all. It's his son. Exactly. Dun, dun, dun. So there you go. But, like I said, overall, not a bad flick. Batista stole it, though. Well, and that's why I had said earlier, I said, you know, when it was announced that the Batista had just signed a deal with WWE Films to do a major major motion picture, uh, you know, a major budget, a high-dollar motion picture, I said that, you know, somebody must have seen his role in the RVD movie that I hadn't seen yet at the time. And he must have done all right in that movie to warrant his own WWE motion picture. So then after seeing the movie and seeing Batista's performance, he, he stole the whole show to me. 
No, I would agree. Like I said, he was only on for about 10 minutes. Uh, my favorite scene, though, was the one you actually posted. Um, you actually posted a clip from in right. the chat with the... Uh, hang on a second as I take this call. You actually posted this in the chat, or on the main page there, and it, it dealt with uh, RVD getting beat up by a bunch of thugs, being led by Ja Rule, uh, basically for Batista. And of course, yeah, uh, for yeah, exactly. And of course, Batista gets into it with Ja Rule. Uh, again, RVD's acting is horrible, saying that he, you know, he took a bullet for Batista. How can he do this to him? So Batista says, "All right, let him go." And then Ja Rule starts to uh, get in Batista's face, like "fuck you." I'm not letting him go. He's worth a hundred grand to me. He's like, "Fuck you," and 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 Batista's like, "Fuck me, fuck me." So he shoots him, blows his fucking right head in. off, <laughs> right in the fucking head, right between the fucking eyes. Dude's laying there. Jaw rolls on the ground, bleeding. And Batista's like, "What? You're sorry? Apology not fucking accepted." I died, man. I fucking died. I thought that was some funny ass shit. So I like the I like the ending whenever uh, Batista sit there and RVD goes. After, RV, after Batista saves RVD, at the end, RVD goes, so I guess that makes us even? And Batista goes, even? No, 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 I saved you in the park. I saved you at the bridge. I saved you from the Ninja Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I recommend it. Go go to your local video store, Blockbuster, whatever. Fuck, you know, Gamefly, or not Gamefly, what the fuck, Netflix. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Fucking check it out. It, it, it's worth a check out. I think you'll be entertained. Uh, with that said, we actually do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hello. What's going on? It's Clinton. Damn, I couldn't hear you, Clint. What's up? what's going on with you, man? Nothing much, man. Uh, I promised myself that I'd go to sleep, but I decided to come on anyway. Well, what's on your mind? Uh, nothing much. Um, you know what? Me and X. Well, actually, Thugger was in the chat mentioned that he you know, trade traded traded um notes with Doug Lackey about the whole McIntyre thing. Doug Lackey said the same thing. Ooh, wow! He said the same thing a couple weeks ago about Drew McIntyre about the whole thing because it's like put it this way: if you look at it, you know you have the most overheel in the WWE without even appearing to be over. Because he gets people hate him so much that he gets no reaction whatsoever. No, that is true, but I I I can't believe that Doug Lackey actually had the same views as the trade dog in regards to Drew McIntyre. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. I think it was after the Elimination Chamber pay per view, and he posted it in his column, and I was reading it, and I'm like, wow. So I hearing I'm hearing trade say this, and I'm reading the column over in my head, and I'm like, wow, these are the same damn things he's saying. That's crazy. The funny thing is, guys, when you take these calls tonight, uh, I, I just realized that Trey actually can't hear anything that's going on. Uh, so you're actually talking to me, believe it or not, and Trey's just kind of off in the distance. So that's why I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll hang up and call the Skyblind, and you can just patch in calls as they come in. I should be able to hear them. All right. If you want to do that, we can do that, buddy. All right. I'll be right back. All right. Oh, I didn't even know that was the case. He was calling in a different line? Yeah, I actually had him on my home phone tonight because his Wi-Fi was screwed up. We're going to see how well this works. If not, then we're going to go back to this. So uh, hey, I mean, it's it's you know, it's all good. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, when Wi-Fi screws up, yeah. Welcome to pretty. welcome to live radio, right? 
Exactly. Fuck it! We'll do it live! <laughs> no shit. Man, I was thinking, nah, I mean, I had a lot on my mind since last week. No joking. I... And, you know, it was the whole thing, because everybody's talking about, everybody was talking about, it got real bad how it was Monday Night Wars 2.0, this, that, and the third. And Wednesday night, I'm listening, I'm, re- I'm watching TNA, I'm watching WWE, and I'm watching the Monday Night Wars DVD. And I look at it, and I'm thinking to myself, like, hold on. WCW was in a totally different position from 1988 compared to where TNA was at at the time. Because remember, Ted Turner bought it out, I think, a a week after my first birthday, November 21st, 98. Hmm. So I'm I'm doing the research again, and I'm sitting on there. I'm like, wait a minute. WCW had the money. They had a media, a practical media mogul behind them, giving them advice on how to, you know, attack the media. They had all this money. They had connection. They had the same connection that WWE had with Japan and all the other indie organizations. I mean, think about it. That's how WCW was successful compared to like what how TNA is right now. Right. They don't have that money. They have the money. They just don't have a media mogul behind them. That's true. Hang on one second, CJ. Trey, are you with me? Yeah, I'm here, man. Okay, so we actually have Trey back on the line, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Uh, CJ, CJ brings up a good point. A lot of people are comparing this Monday Night Wars to the original. And he's right. WCW was in a much better position when the Monday Night Wars started than TNA was. But TNA brought it upon themselves by instigating the wars. Like, you know, even if Eric Bischoff comes in and say, comes in 1994 and says, we're going to war with the WWE. Remember, Titan Sports Incorporated was just as young as WCW, if, if not two years older. And both companies practically absorbed another company when they did, when they did come into play. Right. Right. So basically, so basically, it's like both of those companies were in a position to the point where it was they can do whatever they wanted and... The advantage that WCW had over World Wrestling Federation was the fact that they had Ted Turner, and Ted Turner basically ran the Turner Broadcasting System, the whole Turner operation. And even even in ninety, even in, I think ninety six when ninety six ninety seven when AOL Time Warner bought out WCW from when Turner, when Time Warner bought out Turner from Ted Turner. And they had WCW, they still had that media influence, and they still had, you know, they knew how to market the crowd that was, you know, akin to Richard Bay and Jerry Springer and random wanton violence, like with the Power Rangers and WMAC Masters in these shows. Very Going true. on around that time. No, the, right. real Blackheart, and the real Blackheart in the chat room is telling me that I need to have somebody relay to me the comment somebody made about Drew McIntyre while I was being switched over. Is my comment or your comment? Your comment. I know what I said. Okay, you want to hear my comment. Okay. I was saying that Doug Lackey Lackey made the same comparisons that you made after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Well, I promise you, I didn't take any of them from him. Oh, no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. It's a coincidence. It's a sheer coincidence, and it's all good. Because it's the same thing that he said. And, And I also echoed it, saying the fact that you know, he's so over as a heel that, you know, yeah. the fans are so pissed off at him that they refuse to react willingly. 
Right. It's, you, you shut yourself off from trying to accept or deny because you're so upset with how evil or bad the character is. It's like Kurt Angle for years was such an asshole that JSK legitimately hated that motherfucker, and it wasn't because of, you know, Kurt himself. It was the character. Exactly. And I just kept saying, you know, he's just doing his job. He's got you in the palm of his hand. Oh, no, 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 no. But later on, JSK would admit that that was the case. Yeah, even so, with John, yeah. even if you look at John Cena, you know he's being marketed to be hated by a certain portion of the fans. Randy Orton, he's marketed to be this Austin-type heel, face heel. Yeah. You know, it's all these different things. It's like, I don't remember who, who, who and me were talking about it a couple of months back, but it's like Vince McMahon has the whole wrestling world in the palm of his hands, and he's te- basically training us who and who not to like. Right, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's because the gimmick is real, it's believable, therefore if it's believable, and you believe that much, and you care that much, you have to be one of those people that love wrestling, that you have to care enough to let yourself go to the emotions they're trying to draw out of you, and that's what they're trying to draw. They want you to dislike this guy. That's why he's a heel. Because in all honesty, I will be honest with you, going back to what I think y'all said about The Rock, how everybody hated The Rock when he sold out, quote-unquote, I didn't like, I wasn't a big fan of The Rock back when he was wrestling anyway. I thought he had you the say, You can't say he sold out. Did Barry Sanders sell out? Did Walter no, Payton sell out? I meant to say that in quotes. But, you know, you can't translate quotes in the phone. I forgot to say quote-unquote. Well, now, hang on a second, and this, this is a good point, too. It uh, used to piss me off. I'm, gonna, I'm a fan of the original ECW. I okay. liked the original ECW. I've taken a lot of flack over the years for that. Uh, not because of the hardcore style, because not every match in ECW was about killing somebody with a fucking barbed wire bat or going through 25 th- fucking tables from the balcony. <laughs> there actually were good wrestling matches in ECW in the time period. Uh, the thing that used to piss me off about the fans of ECW is when a guy would move on to either WCW or the WWF and was getting paid a bigger contract and working more dates or working less dates or whatever the contract was that they would, you know, literally sit there and call him a sellout on the last show before they left. To me, that that's ridiculous. You know, how dare you call me a sellout when I'm here busting my ass and putting my name on the line and entertaining you motherfuckers and I'm going to help my family and put food on my table. And you call me a sellout for bettering myself? That's bullshit. You know why? You know why? It's because, okay, we're part of the internet wrestling community. I'm going to clarify right now. This is not all of us. But the internet wrestling community has such delusions of grandeur that they believe that, you know, what they think actually matters in the grand scheme of things. So, if it's on the internet, it's real. <laughs> you know, it's the grand delusions of grandeur. It's like, you know what? It's like, oh my God, John Cena is being booked as Superman. No, he's not. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But the conclusion that I came with that particular thing is the fact that, you know what? If you look, look at it medically, your body produces natural painkillers. 
when you're in excessive pain. So and your adrenaline is rushing and everything. So you don't feel pain when you're going through a total adrenaline rush. That's just the way it's kind of simulated. You know, The Rock selling out. No, he didn't sell out. The man went to make more money. You know, I was a big fan. Trust me, I was more of a fan of D'Lo Brown than I was The Rock. I'm going to be real honest with you. But I like The Rock going into movies because he knows it's more money, it's safer, and he can have a a, long, a better life. Right. Now, so, and I have no problem with the guy retiring, man. Like I said, you know, the same thing can be said about Barry Sanders, and then the same thing can be said about Walter Payton. They retired at early ages in their career, you know. Good for them. Get out while you can still move and have a life after wrestling. You know, The Rock comes back when he can. He does things for WWE. The WWE obviously didn't too hurt about the guy. They promote all of his movies even though he's not there. You know, it's just the fans that want to see him back in wrestling, unlike myself, on a full-time <laughs> basis. Well, now, I, I will say this. In the chat, Real Blackheart brings up a good point. Uh, he feels that The Rock should give more back to the wrestling fans. To a certain degree, I would actually agree with that. It seems like when he comes in and does something, it really is just to promote. You know, he used to pride himself on, you know, being for the people, you know, by the people, and, you know, being the people's champion. And anytime he comes on the air anymore, it's just to promote this or that. And it just seems like he doesn't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. So I I would agree. champion of Diamond Dallas Page, anyway. Like, look at this. Look at this, too. You see, let's go back to when Brock Lesnar left wrestling to go into the NFL and to go into UFC. You know, the WWE promoted Brock Lesnar like it's nothing. It's like it's no tomorrow. They promoted his first, like, three fights. You know, like... After, not- after, a, long, after a long line of lawsuits. Exactly. You know, he could In a 10-year ban from professional wrestling of any kind in the United States. Oh, wait, a 10-year ban? Yes. A 10-year ban. But doesn't the UFC kind of count as professional wrestling since there are wrestling no. elements in it? No, it does not. It's real deal, man. It it's the real shit. It's mixed quote, martial arts. It quote, does, quote, real shit. <laughs> it totally has nothing to do with professional wrestling. There are wrestlers involved in it, yes. But yeah. it has nothing to do with professional wrestling on any scale. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar took the money and Sable and got the fuck out of town. Same thing with Bobby Lashley, man. He took the he took the money. He took Crystal, got a kid, you know, doing his strike force thing. Let's hope he's in EA Sports MMA. So I'm gonna get in that shit, you know. But um, nah. But in all honesty, if a wrestler, a former wrestler, wants to do something different with their life, let them do something different with their life. Well, it's not, look at us! Look at us last week. Look at us the week before. Look at us the week before that. The week before that. The week before that. Talking about how sick and tired of being sick and tired we are of seeing Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Well, the opposite of that is The Rock and a guy like Brock Lesnar. They got out while they were young, you know. So you, you know, can't bitch and you can't bitch and eat your cake at the same time. You'll choke. Yeah, the same thing is too. Even John Cena said, John Cena says, I'm going to stick in the wrestling until my body says no more. You know, Batista wants to get out soon. He hasn't been around that long. He got in at at an older age. He hasn't been around that long. He's going to be another one that retires young, probably. Batista is like 41 right now, and he said he wanted to retire since last year, um, since before WrestleMania 25. And he got in at the age of what, 34, 35? He hasn't been around that long. Yeah, like about that. Yeah, about that. I mean, Cena got in about twenty three, 
Orton got in about, say, 21. You know, like, Ted DiBiase Ted DB, and Cody Rose are some young guys. Kofi Kingston's a young guy. You know, you got all these young guys now. And even with the older, experienced stars, I mean, look at the oldest person re- wrestling on the active roster right now in any organization. Like, Rick, the oldest three, Sting, Ric Flair, and Hulk Hogan. That's true. That- <laughs> Sting at, like, 50. Flair's, like, I think, bordering 60, and Hogan's, like, well above 60. Actually, I think Flair's older than Hogan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Flair is older than Hogan. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm not totally sure. Okay, so they're both over sixty, and Sting is like turning fifty-one this year. Yeah, you know, I, I have no problem with those guys riding off into the sunset. Like like Bischoff said tonight, you didn't come here to get in the. That was a brilliant promo. There was a few things I wish Bischoff would have said. You know, look at me. Take me for example. You know. You coming down to the ring, Hulk, and getting in my business, but I'm not physically in here doing anything. I'm making the guys that work for us handle my dirty work, and that's what you're going to have to learn how to do. If you want to be somebody in position of power in TNA, you got to put the boots away, break out the roster, and let the roster work for you, not you get in here and get your hands dirty and get bloody yourself. Exactly. You know, Hulk Hogan isn't physic man. This man can do this shit because he doesn't do it on a regular basis. It's, I believe Hogan is such a spotlight hog, and he wants yeah. that spotlight for himself. That, you know, he's going to be in that spotlight no matter how much people oppose it. Well, you may have a point there, CJ. I, I just, I really think that as far as Hogan and Vince being, uh, being two different entities, I think that Hogan... Maybe it's just, you know, I'm getting old and don't understand. But I think Hogan, for the most part, is in this to really help TNA along. At first, I thought that Hogan was in this for Hulk Hogan. Uh, when you look at all the problems he's had over the last couple of years, you know, with the with the divorce, uh, you know, the kids going through troubles, you know, with him having health problems, I really think that we're seeing a different Hulk Hogan. He's still in the spotlight, but I think he really is trying to help build this product. Um, he's only in the, he's only in the spotlight enough to make the older fans want to tune in and find out why. Exactly. No doubt. I mean, you know, I even begin to think that after again, I think it was Genesis. I started to think about it, and I'm like, wait a minute, he's actually doing a good job doing what he's doing. And then once I heard he was getting into the ring again, I'm like, why? But you know, it's my innate thing because he's such an old. He's such. He's a senior, practically a senior citizen. You know, I'm thinking of like, no, don't do it to yourself, please. I don't care if it's for, you know, a storyline. Like, just don't do it to yourself. Same thing with Ric Flair. Ric Flair is a great man on the microphone. He is a great actor. Let him be on the microphone and, like, do the thing. Guide AJ Styles along, you know? And Hogan guide Abyss along and just be their, be their quote-unquote mouthpieces. Well, and I think we're going to see that. Is there anything else you want to talk about, CJ, before we let you go, buddy? Uh, well, nothing much. I'm, I, I'm just having like tomorrow when I go do my thing. I'm having a guy um, cause Amazing Red is gonna be in Queens on Friday night wrestling a show. So I'm gonna have the Booker on my show tomorrow, talking about it, and the SATs and a whole bunch of other people. Very cool. It's gonna be crazy. So I was like, I'm gonna probably head to that show. Probably get something from Amazing Red. Probably you know Mercedes Martinez is probably gonna be there too. 
Oh, that's it's cool. gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Um, and then Don Juan is gonna Don Juan's officially in New York City, so he's gonna be hijacking my my stuff. <laughs> Good luck with that. Oh yeah, it's gonna be crazy in there. Like three people in studio, three people on Skype. It's gonna be like ridiculous. Well, very cool, man. I hope everything goes well tomorrow. Then. Oh, everything will go well. Yeah. Plus, especially since we're thanks to Greg, we're podcasting now. So, like, yeah, anybody misses the show, they can just cast the podcast. No big deal. <laughs> you know. Well, definitely pimp out the show. Let everybody know what you do. All right, so check this out. I'm to those of you that remember that you know Dave Stevens and Chris Kelly did a show called The Lounge. Well, me and Chris Kelly decided to revamp it and call it the Headlocks Lounge, based on the website that is for is that is from headlocks2headlines.com, the official news source of various, various, various news shows, wrestling shows, and sites such as this one, and. What we do is we do the same thing as in Wrestling News Live. We talk wrestling and we chill out. It's like we're professional, we're pure randomness and professional wrestling radio meet. That's the tagline. So next week, Don Juan is going to be in the studio. Don Juan is going to be in the studio as, as well as Jack Bryan, no relation to Daniel. <laughs> you know, from Impact Championship Wrestling, a very good friend of mine is going to be promoting his show, Impact Championship Wrestling, after a seven-year hiatus with Amazing Red, the SATs, and a whole bunch of others, and another show in May involving the Motor City Machine Guns and Tommy Dreamer and Homicide. So, cool. And we'll be talking about the past week, we'll be talking about Monday night, and also I'm going to go into a whole discussion about what I talked about earlier, about the comparisons between WCW and TNA in its current state right now, why the Monday Night Wars of the 1990s was an actual Monday Night War compared to what this is, a night of options. Very cool, CJ. Well, I appreciate you calling in, buddy. No doubt, man. I, I felt bad. You know, nobody was calling in, so it was like, damn, click. <laughs> no, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. I right, no doubt, man. I'll talk to you all tomorrow for Unplugged. I'm going to miss NXT, so somebody got to tell me about it. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> we'll definitely bring you up to date, man. All right, man. See you all tomorrow. Have a good show, CJ. All right. You too. Un- Unplugged was a hell of a show last week. Yeah, they did it live, you know. Yes, yes. I, I have to say, you know, Trey, Sean, and David Stevens doing Unplugged was like the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. I, you know what? I still think the best part was the uh, heavy breathing. <laughs> you sick we fuckers. We attributed that to Infinite Dave. <laughs> Too many producers. Oh, wow. All right, CJ. We'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> now, you know what? I'm glad you were able to, to cover for me last week, Trey. I, I appreciate that. I I really, literally spent all week sick, and, and you know, thank God I'm I'm no longer sick now and have everything back under control. But oh, yeah, I spent all day running around going, God, I hope JJ doesn't feel bad today. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good today, There's buddy. No way I can host the show from here. No, not with this uh, this crappy Wi-Fi you got going on tonight. Well, I even I even contemplated going home tonight, but I would have missed wrestling, and I was like, well, what the hell would I talk about? <laughs> ah, man. So, we haven't really delved no. into any impact. I mean, I know we haven't finished really what happened on Raw tonight. We saw three WrestleMania Rewind matches. Nothing really happened other than interference. The first one, obviously... Well, I think I think with impact tonight, dude, what you got was a company that said, wow, we threw everything we had the wall at stuck. We put on the best show we've put on in years. And all we were able to draw was a, a .9, 1.0. Wow. Okay, well, instead of killing ourselves, 
let's, you know, take half of the shit that we threw at the wall and save it for later and throw this half at the wall and see how it sticks and see if they like it. And the ironic thing is, they gave you for free tonight Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles with Jeff Hardy getting the win. You know, no pay-per-view, free on impact. Hmm. The problem is, I think the problem is, and I've said it about wrestling shows in the past, Impact is going to replay on Thursday in their old time slot. Well, if you're a WWE fan or a TNA fan that watches WWE, why miss any of the WWE for TNA when you know you can watch it in just a few more days? That kills their rating. I thought they actually dropped that from the uh, from the broadcast, though. They're not replaying Impact now. I turned on Spike TV on Thursday, and Impact was going off when it should have been going off. No, oh, last week they did, but not this week. Hopefully this week they they can that. They have. I don't know yet. No, they have. I've heard reports that they're not going to be playing it. The only way that you're actually going to be uh, catching impact is if you actually PVR it on Monday nights. Ooh, well, that helps. That helps the battle a lot. In fact... Hopefully their rating this week is better. In fact, Mace is telling us now that Predator is playing on Thursday in that time slot. Well, it was just like last week was so good, but it was like nobody had time to catch their breath. It was one big thing after another, and it never you never gave anything a chance to really sink in, now that I go back and look at it. You know? And... To me, it was more pay-per-view-ish than any of their pay-per-views have been. You know, um, this week they slowed it down. They promoted what they need to promote. They got the people on they needed to get on. I can't think of anybody who didn't get TV time that needed TV time. You know, I think that everybody got on the show that needed to be on the show. They promoted the pay-per-view. They promoted the matches that are going to be on the pay-per-view. They teased the Ultimate X. They had a great scene with the X Division guys. And it was really weird because the Machine Guns come out to cut a promo. They weren't available last week because they were at another show doing another booking uh, when TNA was live. So they were there for the tapings today. And they came out and cut a promo about how, you know, this year Ultimate X, the winner gets tag team title shot, which is different in the past that's still something to look forward to for the winner. And they came out and said this would be the year, starting at this pay-per-view, for the Motor City Machine Guns to finally get their tag team titles and to get their reign as, as tag team champions. And then one by one, the members of the X Division that are going to be involved in that match came out, and they fought. And it was basically four on three, you know, bad guys or good guys versus bad guys. But with everybody in the ring that was in the ring, when Daniels hit the ring and Kazarian hit the ring, to me, and you guys can tell me I'm crazy, they looked like they belonged in that match to where nobody else did at the time. They stood out head and shoulders above everybody else that was in that ring at the, at the time fighting. Um, Generation Me or whatever looked okay. The Machine Guns looked okay. And they did some sick stuff off the top of the X. But to me, man, Kazarian right now looks like the man to put the X Division title on in a heartbeat. True that. You know, then you had the segment where 
Bischoff has had enough. He's going to cut Mick Foley's hair and shave his beard. And Mick's like, hey, man, this is kind of my gimmick. I don't know about all that. And he's like, well, you know, that's the way it's going to be. Meet me in the ring. And next thing you know, Bischoff knocked out. He's laid in the chair and Foley cuts his hair off. You know what? I love that segment, actually. I did catch that. I love the fact that Foley pulled Sacco out, took care of Bischoff, knocked him out, and didn't shave all of his hair. No, no, just gave him the horseshoe look like Hulk Hogan has, which to me was hilarious. And somebody had mentioned earlier in the chat room they thought that Bischoff was just there for the paycheck. He's actually there to be the checks and balances against Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's there because of the name and to run things backstage, but Hogan would never do it nor know what to do backstage without Bischoff and Bischoff's guidance. And if he's going to be backstage, he might as well be an on-air character, too, because he also is somebody that I tune in to watch, because to me, in the, in the history of wrestling, Monday Night Wars, WWE, WCWA, you, you line them up, commissioners, general managers, uh, celebrity general managers, whatever, whoever's ever been in charge, Eric Bischoff is the authority figure you love to hate, and he's the best there is at what he does. And he just proves it. Not in and not out, especially on TNA. Well, I would but, agree. Uh, with that. I, I would agree I would with that. Say that was a very solid. If, if you gave Impact an A last week, you had to give him at least a solid B this week. But maybe even an A for taking the time to let everybody catch their breath and let each segment soak in. Now, one of the segments that I really enjoyed too tonight uh, was the backstage interaction between uh, Hernandez, as I like to call him, thanks to the Pope. Yeah. Hernandez and uh, Bischoff comes in and basically says that he's not uh, going to help people out, and he puts them in a handicap match against uh, Beer Money. And right. Of course, Matt Morgan is standing at ringside, standing at the ramp, and then goes and joins Taz and Tanae at the broadcast. And they're like, well, why aren't you out there with your partner? And he's like, well, he should have kept his nose out of other people's business. And I love the way that they're teasing the breakup for these two, because you know it's going to happen. And it's obviously right. going to happen this Sunday. Right. But I and really enjoyed that. I, I don't think it, it, it sucks because they used it once too early. And you know me, the guy that likes to watch wrestling and break out the Magic Ink pen and try to correct everything or redo things. With the situation that Jarrett and Foley are in, I'd almost like to see them... And, and and it's it's too bad it's already been used the, the moniker of the TNA originals. But if they could get a group of guys together that were TNA originals, like Jeff Jarrett, Mick Foley, Chris Harris, you know, um, add a couple other guys in there and make a faction of guys, a five man team that Bischoff and Hogan are really laying the screws to and giving them the raw end of the deal. But they've been around TNA since day one, and if anybody should be getting the push and the rub, it should be those those five guys. Not fully. I know he hasn't been there since day one, but he's the majority shareholder, so he's a, he's got to be in there. You know, no, I don't mean James Storm. I mean Chris Harris. Um, James Storm is doing what he's doing with beer money. He's going to be a tag team champion on Sunday. Um, they've also turned them heel, so they it wouldn't work with the baby faces that you're putting together here. Um, but you put those guys together as a group of guys that want to fight for the right for impact and, you know, overthrow the Bischoff regime, they would have something there that they could work with. 
I don't know what they'd call it now that they've already used the moniker TNA Originals, but something like that could be done. It could be very entertaining. I thought you were going a different direction there for a moment. I thought you were talking about possibly having uh, Foley and Jarrett together as the Sako Slapnut connection or something. I don't know. <laughs> Talk about needing a rub. Somewhere down the line, Jarrett and Foley will get their, you know, status back, but they're laying the screws to them now, aren't they? No, they are, and I think that's really going somewhere. I'm liking the dynamic now, and I missed this, and I wanted to ask your, uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask your uh, your opinion on this. What actually kind of went down between? I heard there was some type of confrontation between uh, Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan tonight. Um, Hogan was in the ring. He called out Sting, which was really stupid the way they did it because they took so much time for Sting to get down to the ring. But Sting was up in the rafters. And Hogan was saying, why Sting, why? Now, this is a segment that I would grade an F on the entire show because as much as RVD getting beat down in his debut didn't make a whole lot of sense to some people, at least I saw what they were trying to do. This week, I didn't see it. I don't understand. They could have done it a million and one different ways. But Hogan comes out at the top of the second hour and calls out Sting. I smell you here, Sting. I know you're here. Get your ass in the ring. Get this ass whooping you've been waiting on. Blah, 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 blah. Well, Sting's up in the rafters. And they spotlight him and walk him all the way out of the rafters, all the way downstairs, all the way back to the curtain. And he comes through the side with no music, just his bat and his ring gear. And he walks to the ring, and RVD jumps out of the crowd in a taxi. Well, he beats the shit out of Sting and then throws him finally into the ring for Hogan to do his bidding. He throws the bat to Hogan. Hogan's, you know, choking up and got his bat back like he's getting ready to hit a 3-2 fastball. Sting's trying to climb up the ropes to get his balance and get back up on his feet. Bischoff runs down the ring and takes the bat out of Hogan's hand and kind of huddles over Sting and covers him saying, No, 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 don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Security, get down here and get this guy out of the ring. And so they escort Sting out of the ring, and that's when Bischoff tells Hogan, you're too old for this. You promised me when you said you were coming to TNA that you were going to be lacing him up and getting involved, that you were going to enjoy your desk job back in the back, putting these people in the seats and putting these wrestlers over and doing things from a storyline standpoint and a booking standpoint that you weren't going to get in the ring anymore, that you were past all that, and all you wanted to do was be a step in the right direction for this company, but yet here we are two weeks in a row, you're in the ring getting your fight on after you promised me you couldn't, you wouldn't do that. As a person in your position, a person that's in a position of authority, you cannot do this anymore. You cannot do it. You promised me, you promised Brooke, you promised your family, and then he gets up and hugs Brooke, and Brooks crying at ringside, and then they all walked to the back, and that was it. Interesting. So they're already they're already starting to build the uh, the tension between Bischoff and Hogan. So that's interesting to see what that's well, going to I wouldn't so much call it tension yet. I would call it, you know, we're we're, we're best friends, and I'm looking out for your best interest. Yeah. That's what I would call it as of right now. And you might be right with that. You know, that'd be like, 
you know, me wanting to come on here one night, and we've already had this conversation off the air, you know. I said, hey, there's something I want to address on the show tonight, and you said, no, let's don't do that. Let's just leave that alone and let it do its own thing. You know, you calming me down and telling me, you know, hey, think about what you're going to do before you do it. No, that's a good point. That's a good way to look at it, actually. So overall, I mean, you're... What are your thoughts on Impact? Do you think it was? You think they really delivered? Do you think it was a better show tonight uh, than what you heard about Raw? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I thought it was. I thought it was a better show because I thought you know Raw was a bunch of matches we've a already seen. B, not only have we already seen them, but B, they were they were all other than well, no, all of them. They all had interference finishes. You know, nobody won cleanly. You know, I did like the Diva segment from Raw for a change. I thought they did a good job with that. But by the same token, the Knockouts had a pretty damn good section on their show as well. You know, Velvet Sky and the beautiful people, um, Angelina Love cuts a promo backstage saying, I was the original member of the beautiful people. I recruited you, Velvet. I recruited you, um, Madison. Madison. And she goes, I was beautiful long before you were. And she goes, I've decided to take back my old saying. I'm going to start cleansing TNA one beautiful person at a time. So I challenge you, any one of you, or all three of you to a match. I'll be out in the ring. Just bring your ass. And, of course, they all three came down together. And Velvet said, for one night only, honorary beautiful people member uh, Daphne. And Daphne jumped Velvet from behind, or jumped Angelina from behind, put the beat down on her. And then when Angelina got the upper hand, the beautiful people jumped in. The bell rang for interference. And then Tara jumped the guardrail and saved Angelina from the beautiful people and cleaned house and then stared at uh, Daphne, telling her, you want some, come get some, basically, in the middle of the ring. Um, So a good, solid knockout section again. Um, I think to compare the two shows, it's hard for me to do. It's going to be hard for anybody to do legitimately. Unless you got two TVs sitting side by side and you give them both their full just do. It's going to be hard to really decide which show was a better show than the other. But I guess the right question to ask, JJ, was knowing what you know now, which one would you rather set through and watch? I would say Impact overall. Because, like I said... We've seen all those matches before. None of those matches going in had anything to do with WrestleMania coming up. They were all about WrestleMania's past. And every match ended in a false finish. You know, or a run-in, rather. So, if you tell me that going in, and knowing what I know now, yeah, I would say I would rather watch Impact. Some people are going to say opposite, and that's what's so great about what we do. You do not have to agree with the host. We do not think you're an idiot if you have an opinion other than ours. You're free to do so. Nine. This is not this is not corporate radio. You can think differently than we do. That's just my humble opinion, and we all know what opinions are like. You know, um, as comparing this impact to last week's impact. Last week's impact, I'll be honest with you, felt more like a pay per view. This felt more like a Monday night show that you could sit back on the couch with a bowl of popcorn and relax and enjoy. I would have to agree with that analogy. I mean, you make a good point about Impact. 
I'll have to I have to admit I didn't watch Impact tonight. I did flip the channels and, and you know check the commercials. I wasn't a big fan of watching Nash and Hall. I, I thought that match was horrible, quite frankly. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm a huge. Scott I like Hall fan. where they're I, I like where they're going with it though. And if you didn't notice. Hall's shirt said Wolfpack on it, and Hall and Pac had music tonight. That's true, and supposedly they've got a thing going on where if they win their next match, they're getting contracts. So it'll be interesting and to see. And watch Kevin Nash turn on David Young, and they'll say it was a plan from day one to put the band back together. Well, and that's exactly what they'll do. I have to agree with you on that. But it just pains me to watch Scott Hall in a ring anymore, and, and, and it really does. I mean, I, I love Scott Hall. Uh, I'm a huge Razor Ramon, Mark. Always love Razor Ramon. And to see how far he's fallen, it, it just it pains me. I I don't I don't even know what to say about that. I'm I'm glad to see that they're bringing the Wolfpack back, I guess, to some degree. But other than Waltman, I, I really don't think Nash has really improved. I think he's lost a lot in the ring. I don't think he's horrible. I think Nash, I think Nash is actually better now than he's been in recent years. Well, in the last two or three, I'd say you're right, but he's definitely. I mean, as long as he doesn't try, it's like it's like it's like wrong side of town. As long as you don't go into that movie expecting an Oscar performance, you're going to be entertained. But if you go looking for somebody to give an Oscar to at the end of the movie, you're going to go. Eh. No, no, I would agree with that. We actually have a caller on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who is this? The champ is here. Oh, What's up, boys? God. What's up, Mike? Oh, no. Hey, what about Trey? I uh, wanted to, I wanted to say I apologize for my uh, comments in the chat room. Didn't know anything about your uh, internet being all on the fritz, man. My apologies. You know, I, uh, I don't understand it either because, like, if anybody's ever got if anybody's got a laptop, you know that you can click, you know, find a new network or find a new source, whatever, and it will show you in order the strongest the strongest internet feed to the lowest. Well, there's two or three of them here in the hotel that are named after the hotel that are four and five bars, and for some reason my computer just won't connect to them. Now, this one that I'm on to be in the chat room is two bars, and it's from an office across the street, apparently. But it's not yeah, I, I know. the broadcast through. I know how you feel, man, because I got the same problem on my on the job with my Wi-Fi, and I'm only using a little bitty iPod thing, so I can just imagine how much fun it must be on the other end. Anyway, well, I, took my, um, I took my laptop to about three different floors. I took it down to the bar. I took it to the bar across the street, and I couldn't get more than you know two or three bars. So I thought, well, I guess we're doing it by cell phone tonight. Whatever the case may be. Now, I admit wholeheartedly that I did not get a chance to watch this week, and that's my own fault. But I did have a chance to watch last week's Impact a little more closely. I picked it up on a PlayStation Network, and I took a good long look at it, and I wanted to just try and get a little more of an opinion on things. And from what I'm seeing, I actually think I need to do some recanting on my own. Now, when this whole thing went down with Hogan signing, I had said, I had called Hogan the Antichrist to professional wrestling. And I even said on the rewind that if Hogan were insane enough to take the pin, pinfall win in the tag match that they had last week, that I would really lose my mind. But after seeing 
some of the segments over the last week, over last week and hearing what you just described in that segment from tonight, start to think maybe that he actually might have TNA's best interest at heart. I'm not going to turn right. around and say, go ahead. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And and when when Hogan first got into the picture, you know, I know we had a lot of people that felt the way you felt. And I told a lot of people then, unless, and if you don't believe me, that's the, 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 the pleasure of the archives. I said, unless Hogan comes in and within a month or two of him being there, within two pay-per-views, I think I said, if Hogan comes in, unless Hogan comes in and fights AJ and puts the belt on himself, at that point, I'll give up on impact. If that doesn't happen, if he comes in and doesn't insert himself in the title picture, then let's give it a chance and see what Hogan and Bischoff can do, and that's where I'm still at today. Yeah, because when I saw the tag match and I saw the finish, I mean, it, it was perfectly set up for Hogan to get the pin, but he picks up he picks up AJ, whips him right into Abyss, and Abyss gets the pinfall. Now, I'm not going to go into a Abyss-AJ at Destination X. That's a whole different kettle of fish. What I'm here to say is basically that I think, now I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think that TNA is on the right track. Now, I'll admit also that I, I, saw, the sto- I saw the spoilers for this week Last week, during the course of the week, I heard him from, I think, from CJ. I heard him from a couple of other guys. Um, yeah, I know I've been on a crow-eating buffet, CJ. Deal with it, man. Um, and I didn't even bother to even look at Impact because I saw one thing. I saw Jimmy Hart winning a fall of a brother, brother Way, Bubba Ray, whatever the hell you want to call him, fat-ass Dudley from New York, and it just drove me absolutely through the fucking roof because the last thing I did... The last thing I need to hear or see is is a 120-pound soaking wet son-of-a-bitch manager who's known for his mouth getting in the ring and getting a pinfall victory. Yeah, but it was the way that it was done, though. It wasn't like like they tagged him in and he put a finishing move on somebody and pinned him. Um, It was also the re-debut of Brother Runt who spoke deadly, for those of you that have been around for days and days on end, spoke deadly. Spike Dudley from the WWE. Um, the Dudley boys, or not the Dudley boys, but the uh, Nasty boys attacked, uh, what's his name with the spiky hair, Jesse Neal, Jesse Neal. At, the, at the catering table earlier in the afternoon as if they wanted to have a match and blah, 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 and they took him out and put him through the, the, the buffet table. And so then they shot right back from earlier footage from today to the ring, and uh, Nobbs gets to the ring and says, hey, you guys wanted a six-man tag. Well, now it's just a three-on-two handicap match. And it was supposed to be the Nasties and Jimmy Hart versus the Dudleys and Jesse Neal. But they took Jesse Neal out of the picture, so the Dudleys ended up calling on Spike Dudley brother Runt to come back and help them and Jimmy wasn't even involved in the match I'm not sure that brother Runt was really involved in the match they ran around chasing each other quite a bit but the helmet was involved and brother Ray or whatever got hit in the head from behind by the helmet and then they threw the helmet out and 
Jimmy Hart just happened to be the legal man in the ring before it all went, you know, to chaos, and he was the one that laid down and got the pin. So it wasn't that big a deal. Nothing to not watch the show over. Mm. All right, based on what you're saying, I'll eat, an, I'll eat a little more crow, right, CJ? I'm eating a little more crow, okay? Now, shut up. Now, um, eh, what the hell? All right, the, I just wanted to say my piece on Hogan and uh, go forward from there, and um, whatever the case may be. Let me run, and uh, one last thing. Um, I'm still waiting for my opponent there, Kamish. Where's my opponent? Because the champ has spoken. Where's my opponent? Hmm? I hope you guys check out the SNS uh, EFED page on Facebook for the first message from the champ. The champ has spoken. I'll have to check that out. All right, that was Mike Siciliano, Psycho Siciliano, the uh, SCW <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion. So there you go. Interesting things going on with the EFED these days. Oh, you know, a lot of people are still pissed off at the Nasty Boys. But if you look in that arena, they're probably the number one sold T-shirt. You know what? You actually do have a point. I do see a lot of Nasty Boys T-shirts in the audience when I watch so, Impact. Uh, as long as they're selling merchandise, they're going to be on TV <laughs> somehow, some way. <laughs> it's amazing as to me. As, as long as they don't eat up too much of my time, and I think they're done once this feud with the Dudleys is over with. You know, we'll see where it goes, but. I think this was just a, it's just a one-time thing. You know what? I think you might be right. I I don't know. As far as the Nasty Boys are, in, are, are concerned, I mean, I think they're going to be around for uh, the rest of the tenure that Hogan and Bischoff are in there, and uh, Harmony just walked in the room and said, they're plants. <laughs> <laughs> the T-shirts. They're all planted. They feel bad because they're not selling anything, so they make people wear them in the crowd. That's right. Hey, you want to come see the show for free? Wear this Nasty Boy shirt. Uh, it could happen. I don't know. Well, you know. Well, I tell you what, man. Unless you got anything else you want to add, I hate doing this by phone. If you want to wrap this up, we should go ahead and call it a night. You know what? I think we I think we should do that. Actually, uh, we're about five minutes away from being at the two hour mark anyway, and. Uh, Believe it or not, I actually have to go spend some time with my wife. She's leaving tomorrow, so uh, she'll oh. be gone for a full week, leaving me here all by myself, alone with the children, the little childrens. So it should be fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, babysitter, I, babysitter JJ back in the house. That's Look right, Mister Mom. Fuck the babysitter. I'm Mr. just Mister Mom. Mr. Mom. He'll be hosting the show tomorrow night and yelling at kids. That's right. You might fucking hear me fucking yelling at, at kids tomorrow night. It could happen. <laughs> it has happened before. It could happen again. But, uh, yeah. So, like, already? It's almost been two hours. What do you people want? <laughs> what do you mean you want to eat? Make a sandwich. Peanut uh, butter and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly. You know, being a dad, PB&J seems to be like one of the favorites around here, so... Uh, that's right. Oh, now, right. now being called Mr. Mom on the mic. That's awesome. Thank you, CJ Bowman. I've got a I new like moniker. That yeah, that's that's nice. I'll see if I can cut that into the intro sometime. Not. <laughs> but uh, I usually, tonight would be my song of the night duties. But I'm going to turn them over since I'm on location and not really set up for it. I'm turning it over to JJ, and then I'll pick song of the week next week. Oh, I get I get song of the night duties two weeks in a row. That's awesome. That's right. 
Well, you so know. So would you uh, would you do this song of the night and everything? Leave me on the line, and then you and I will chat after the show. Sounds good. All right, guys. With that said, I kind of want to give you a quick reminder before I go into the whole song of the night. Song of the night. Oh, I got a reminder too. I got a reminder too. Make sure you check out WrestlingNewsLive.tk for the new look, and go to the message boards and let me know what you think. That's that's a good idea. Uh, just a couple reminders of some of the things we have going on this week on the network that's not a network, the Island of Misfit shows. Right. Tomorrow night, of course, Carnage Crew comes on before Unplugged, and they actually have Terry Funk and Kevin Kelly as their guest scheduled tomorrow night. Be sure and check them out on this stream tomorrow prior to Unplugged. I believe they come on at, uh, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern. So definitely give yeah. them a check out. Unplugged returns tomorrow with myself and David Stevens. Uh, we've got this Saturday coming up, a doubleheader. The Pro Wrestling Rewind makes its uh, return. And following that will be SNS Quick Picks, where we basically talk about Destination X. And, of course, then we go into Sunday with another episode of the Ministry of Slam. And uh, the granddaddy of them all, Sunday Night Showdown, presents live coverage of Destination X. So, very interesting week right here on the network. That's not a That's network. Right. So with that said, I've got Song of the Night duties. I've decided to go with some Johnny Cash. No Rock Sugar tonight. All right. No Rock Sugar. I I know that the Trey's getting kind of sick of Rock Sugar, but no Rock no, Sugar I, tonight. I, I, I don't have anything against Rock. Or, you know, I don't have anything against them, but you know, you're working out some Johnny Cash. That's right up my alley. Well, you know, I like some Johnny Cash myself. So uh, with that said, guys, we're going to close the show with some Johnny Cash. Again, we will see you tomorrow night for another edition of Unplugged. Don't forget the Carnage crew. Uh, on behalf of the Trey Dog and myself, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay, we will talk to you guys shortly. We are out of here. JSK, take us out. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out. You wired me awake and hit me with the hand of broken nails You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil But I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my Gonna break my rusty cage and run. Too cold to start a fire, I'm burning diesel, burning dinosaur bones. I'll take the river down to still water and ride a pack of dogs. I'm gonna break. Gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break my. Gonna break my rusty cage and run. When the forest burns along the road. 
it like When the dogs are looking for their bones And it's raining ice picks on your steel shore I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my I'm gonna break my rusty cage and run I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my Gonna break my rusty cage and run I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my Gonna break my rusty cage and run I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my Gonna break my rusty cage 